Welcome to the Old School Meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which features speakers with long-term abstinence. We will be holding this meeting via Zoom for the foreseeable future. If you'd like to attend the meeting live, go to oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. It's funny because last week I dropped into the newcomer portion thinking it was the actual meeting because I love to hear from newcomers. <laughs> like I need to remember every single day what it was like before I came in here and then someone asked me to do service and then I am like in the sad place right now in my relationship. So I was like, oh, why did I agree to qualify? Like I said to my sponsor today, I really don't want to do this. But one thing about recovery is that I'm showing up today. So in a way, I know after I qualify, I'll be happier and grateful that I did this. But I can only just speak from the heart. So I guess I'll talk about how it was. So I grew up in a household where weight was not a problem. Like, I don't know how this, well, I feel like I was born with this disease. But everyone in my family, and by the way, I talk fast when I'm nervous. So I'm going to try to slow down. So everyone in my family was a normal body size Actually, everyone was kind of slim, and I remember that they were always trying to gain weight, and I was like a skinny child. I've never been from big numbers. I've never been severely overweight or severely underweight. I'm just a regular healthy weight, what the doctors would qualify as that. Not healthy to me, because in my head, you know, I'm a compulsive overeater, a restrictor, and a, a compulsive exerciser. For me, like, there's, you can never be too skinny enough, so I am by society standard a healthy way but I guess for me like I never got to a place I consider to be a healthy way um so yeah I grew up in a household where everyone was normal size there was no obesity like my mum was like and my aunts and everyone like I'm from a huge family were literally taking pills to gain weight and like they just went oh I'm too thin so I was just like normal just enjoying food it was never that big an issue for me um and I would say like the main turning point was when I was 13 my parents like separated um and they went through a well, you know were going through a divorce and i remember on the day that my dad moved out i was in the kitchen like baking cookies and i remember just like eating them like and obviously that was my way of coping and like i think that's where something clicked in my head it's like oh you know, I was 13, and like I have a daughter, she's like going to be 13 in a few months. So when I think back to how young and small she is, and like, you know, just innocent, and I'm like, that's like the way that I could communicate on, and, and soothe myself. That was my, what I felt was my only way to do that. So when I look at her, and I'm like, wow, you did this when you were that young, like it's still like a reflection and a disbelief for me to see that. But yeah, I just remember just eating these cookies and I was always into dance and fitness. So I always just loved exercise. I loved the way that it made me feel. I felt like almost like an internal shower. <laughs> That's like how you can explain it. I just felt like really good whenever I exercised and I was into dance. I was doing like ballet and tap and jazz and contemporary and all of these different things. And um, I remember just really getting into that. And um, one day, I guess, I don't know, it was just summer and I just lost weight just being a kid, like playing, and then the ballet teacher commented to me, wow, you've lost weight, you look good, so for me, that praise, like, just, it just switched again, something in me, and I was like, oh, wow, like, being slim equates to being good, or, or you know, having people see a side of you, or recognize something in you that maybe they wouldn't, so I think that's where it, like, actually started, um, and then initially, like, I was the queen of diets, like, I could follow to a T, and when I say I've tried every single diet, I mean, I've tried them all, like, I don't know if I could name them in this meeting, but, like, the Eplan diet, Weight Watchers, you know, 
and they, not Weight Watchers, but illegal Weight Watchers, I'd find it somewhere and get the packet because I was obviously not overweight, so they wouldn't let me join the program. Just any kind of diet you could ever think of, Atkins, this, this, this. I was just always constantly trying a different diet, like trying, and there was periods of time where I could obviously stick to it and get smaller. But again, I'm not from big numbers. I, I always say whenever I speak, I'm a hundred pounder, or that's how I identify because I have lost about a hundred pounds, if not more, in the last 25 years that I've had this eating disorder. So I feel that like I qualify as a hundred pounder. Um, so yeah, I was just always into like the different diets. It was like my best friend. It was just a way that I could cope with life. It would just make me feel like I was in control. Like if anything was going on in my day, like I could just focus on that. And I just felt like comforted. Um, I remember being in high school and I don't know, it was just like I wanted it to be perfect. I was always wanted like experience. Well, I'm going to graduate and do the pictures and all this. Like I want to be perfect. So I remember just like, starting working out in the morning like with a fitness dvd or whatever back then and then i would have just those mints with a hole in it we call them polos in england i don't know i think you call them lifesavers here but maybe like having just like one of those all day and then coming home and having a dinner and then just working out again and i remember like things like there was like a cassette tape called get in shape girl the series and it was like an exercise thing and i just remember just doing that all the time and then i did got yoga dvds uh, five minutes thank you i got um i asked my mom for a treadmill like for christmas i was just like always into exercise it just the endorphin rush the high from the working out just made me feel so good you know and then obviously i could still like eat relatively what i wanted back then like i'm 40 gonna be 42 now so, like, my metabolism was a lot faster then, so I could pretty much eat what I want. And then to have the exercise, it just was, like, the perfect, you know, combination. Um, and for many years, like, I just really, until I came into the rooms, like, I just thought that's how you ate. <laughs> it was like, you're either on a diet or you're not on a diet, and that's just life. Like, when I eventually came to the rooms, which I'll get to, I just thought, like, I was like, can someone just actually just tell me how to eat? Because, like, I don't, it's so dysfunctional, like, my relationship with food. Like, I don't know how to have three meals a day. I don't know if I'm supposed to have three meals a day. What am I supposed to have in the, like, I was just so confused. All this information that had been downloaded to me from all these magazines and books and TV shows and celebrities, and I just was lost, you know? Um, so yeah, so I think that for me, I, with the big book, I am a 100% an addict when it comes to money, love, sex, food, alcohol, everything. And I didn't know that when I came into OA. I just thought it was about the food, but I just am an addictive personality in general. Um, and I can just identify with so much in the big book, which I'm actually working with um, my sponsor on right now. And um, so, yeah, like how I got to come into the rooms was I moved to New York uh, 15 years ago and met my husband and we got married, ex-husband and we got married. And I remember, like, I just, again, like, I dieted before I moved to America because I wanted it to be perfect. I thought, when I get to America, to New York, it's going to be perfect. Perfect job, perfect body, perfect looks. And I'm in an industry, public relations, I don't know if I'm to say that, but, like, it's very forward-facing. So, like, it's all about appearance, you know, that's what I do. So, um, yeah, so when I got here, I just was, you know acting out a lot it was just all about the food and the exercise and the it just was it eroded my relationship I mean there were other factors that made our relationship fall apart but the food was the number one focal point you know and eventually like it this is when my life started to fall apart like I was in a I had my daughter she was um one at the time one and a half at the time 
And I was just so, I was just unhappy. And my mum said to me one time, she came to visit, she was like, why are you so sad? You've got a husband, you've got a beautiful apartment, you've got your daughter, you've got your job. And I was like, I don't know, I just feel so empty. I just feel so sad. Like There was nothing outside of me that could make me feel happiness. And I had on paper everything, you know. I was living the dream, like everything I wanted to ever do, like I'd manifested and it was there. And I just still felt like so sad and empty inside. So um eventually like just a tumultuous relationship and again other factors but my husband left me I was in the top job at a major like global PR agency they fired me right in the 2008 recession um you know I was now like a single mom figuring out like how I'm gonna like pay for this apartment that I'm living in and it was just I had no family there like I just felt like so alone and um that's when the food like kicked into high gear like I would it was just a cycle of hell it was just like wake up in the morning like wanting to restrict so bad and I did restrict you know and then knowing that like if I went out and came back in like I would have to go and get all of the sweet stuff all of the salty stuff and like I know I could not sit with my feelings I could not sit with my I was terrified of nighttime because I knew that I would have to like I couldn't work anymore everyone was living their lives and they were going to sleep and I had to sit with these emotions I did not know how to sit with emotions at all when I first started meditating in program I couldn't sit for a minute I literally would cry like when I had to do meditation because it was so uncomfortable for me to sit with any kind of feeling and emotion um so yeah like I was just in this cycle of like working out two three times a day I would do morning lunchtime and evening and then I would blow everything by ordering so much stuff I would like hide things from my two-year-old because she'd be like I want candy I would hide it from her hide things in the you know pizzas I would hide them in the oven and I would buy stuff and then like be like eat it and then why did I buy it there's leftovers I'm going to throw it in the bin so I don't eat it then I would go and order it the same thing the next day it's like it was just like a living living hell and um it was just funny because higher power like intervened uh, the person who actually introduced me to my ex-husband she was um looking for a place to live and she was like party girl sammy i was just say and like when i knew her and then she was like this different person like she was like meditating and she said she was an alcoholic and she came to live with me because she needed a place to stay and she was just so serene she was just like a completely different person and she said, alcoholic, I was like, you're not an alcoholic, yeah, you just party, like we all do, but like, you're not an alcoholic, uh, I was thinking, and I didn't understand what that meant, and um, eventually, it just planted a seed for me, like, wow, like, she, she was meditating an hour twice a day, and doing all this amazing stuff, and I was like, oh, maybe there's something for food, because I'm like, desperate, like, I need to find help, I've done like, you know, over the years, which I didn't say, I've gone to like, therapy, I've worked with eating disorder people, and I can lie to them, I can't lie in the 12 steps, I can't lie in this program. I can't lie to myself. I can't lie to my sponsor. It's just a different feeling. It's a full spiritual awakening that I never had with outside help before. So I Googled it and I remember seeing the telephone meeting. So I went on that and I was so scared to even do a telephone meeting. You know, it was just like so scary. I wouldn't give my name. And then I went back to another one. And then I was like, okay, this sounds good. But I wasn't super connecting, but I was like, I really want to learn more. And then eventually I got the courage to go to an OA meeting in New York 
It was a huge meeting called Relapse and Recovery. And then the, I was so scared to go in there, but I did. And then the qualifier, a girl, just told my story about working out from college for hours a day and starving and binging and her life. And I was like, oh, my God, this is it. And that was the first time I sat in the room and I said, like, I'm, you know, I'm a, I think I said I'm an addict. I didn't know what it meant, you know. And then I just cried. Like, I had never really cried. I never cried with anyone in public. I was so vulnerable, but I felt like there was a sense of trust, like a sense of understanding in the room. And it felt safe to, like, let that out, you know. And um, for me, like, my story was so hard, I could not get abstinent. Like, I would go to the meetings and, like, cry and be like, hi, it's my daughter's birthday, and there's a huge sheet cake, and I just can't stop eating it. And I, like, kept binging, and I would go to meetings and listen. It would trigger me because these emotions was coming up, and I would just go and binge on the way home. And then, you know, but I kept coming back. It took me one and a half years to get abstinent. And then how I got abstinent was by the grace of God. Like, I, it was Thanksgiving. My daughter um, was with her father, like, spending Thanksgiving with him and their family. And I just said, I'm done. Like, I don't have another diet in me. I don't have another binge in me. And I just said, I'm done. And it was lifted. I don't know how. On Thanksgiving of all days. And, yeah, like, that's when I got my first period of abstinence. And I was abstinent for a very long time, like, about three or four years. And I was doing service and, like, helping sponsors with the steps and, you know, just so in the middle of the program. And then what happened was I got into a relationship and the person turned out to be a sociopath. And it was just so devastating to me that they used, like, you know, my experiences of, like, my recovery and everything where I was so vulnerable and open because I had done so much work on myself with the steps and, and with outside help. And, um, yeah, they used it against me. And I was so mad at OA. Like, I said, F this. Like, I am done. Like, I just was so resentful that, you know, OA got me to a place of amazing recovery. But I was mad that OA made me open up, not maybe, but allowed me to open up to this person. And they used it against me. And I just slowly just stopped going to meetings. And, yeah, eventually, like, I just sort of left the rooms, kind of. Like, I would pop back in and out, but in denial that I wasn't in the program, you know. And, um, yeah, and then eventually, of course, like, the weight was starting to cut weight. It was, like, seven pounds, ten pounds. I had to come back on. And I'm just so vain, I guess. Like, I'm like, I need to get this off. Like, I don't want this. And just more than that, I think just knowing that, for me, like, that's the end of the road. Like, I don't have any more diets in me, like, I, I, I don't, I can't binge, the, even binge the way I used to. I could eat, I, I'm small, I can eat pizzas and two jars of, like, ice cream and candy and this, and I could never throw up, like, that's just, I wished sometimes that I could, I couldn't. Uh, I could, I took laxatives sometimes, but that wasn't, that was very far, few and far between, but for me it was, like, the working out and restricting is, like, the two tools that I use to, you know, control my physical body weight and my emotions and to numb. So, yeah, I came back into the rooms and was working the program, and then I went for a spiritual awakening um, two years ago, and I was praying to higher power, and he said, it's time to leave New York. And I was, I just, again, it was really weird. It was at Thanksgiving, so there's something about Thanksgiving that higher power likes me to have awakenings. And, um, yeah, and I said, it's time. And I literally moved my life from New York to L.A., which is where I am now, and I moved here two years ago, and... Just, like, it was really hard. Again, like, I felt like I was, like, wobbly with my abstinence. Cause I had, like, a couple of sponsors and it didn't work out. And then, like, it was harder here because you have to drive. And then my daughter was, like, a younger. She's older now. She's, like, you know, 12. But, like, just leaving her alone wasn't really an option. So I just was – and, you know, we didn't have the Zoom stuff like we have now in the pandemic. So 
I was like sort of flittering around. And then recently, I decided, not recently, but maybe seven months ago, I started to work with a therapist and that really opened me up to a lot. And I was like, I have like the emotional part down, my career's doing well, like I need the sponsor. And I mentioned it to a fellow. Ten minutes. Two minutes, you said? Ten. You got that to ten. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I still have a lot of time. Yeah. So I mentioned to a fellow that, um, yeah, that I was looking for a sponsor. And he was like, hey, there's this amazing woman on this meeting on Sunday. And then he took down the number. And he said, like, take down the number. We were, but he was chatting me like during the meeting and I reached out to her and, and she accepted to be my sponsor. And that's just been amazing. Just having this anchor, um, to like check in with every day and like to work the steps. Um, so yeah, like that's been really supporting my recovery. Um, but I guess I'm just trying to think back to like some examples of like the living hell. I have to like remember that it's a living hell because in my mind, I literally can wake up. I wait. No, actually, let me rephrase that. I wake up. Every single day, and I believe I'm a normal eater. No, literally, I really think I can eat just how my daughter eats, how my friends eat. I don't need a food plan. I don't need spirit. But I wake up thinking that. I can convince myself every single morning that way. And I have to read my readings, the Just for Today, the 24 Hours a Day book, Voices of Recovery. I have to do my meditation. I have to read some outside literature. I have to write my gratitude. I have to speak to my sponsor. And then just maybe, I will be abstinent for the day, but I literally have to rewire my brain because 25 years later, I still can read an article in a magazine and think, I'm going to do that diet. I can do this. Still, like everything has shown me, I've written out inventories of every desire, diet I've been on, every single thing I've ever done around food and weight. And I still, to this day, will swear and look you in the eye and tell you that I can do this. And that's why I like have to come to meetings and that's why I have to work with my sponsor and I have to be of service and show up and do stuff like this even when I don't want to because my disease will tell me, you got this. You just like your friend, you can go. I can't go to a restaurant and order something. I will sit there. I can't leave things. Like I know that people say, I leave a bite for God. That's not happening. I am leaving any bite for God. I want all my food. I want every single piece of it. Everything I wait. If I have a nut. One minute. One Thank you. 1.01 ounces under, I need to add so I get the exact amount. I want my full amount of food, and then I will be happy. I'm obsessed with food, you know? And, um, yeah, like, for me, like, the sanity that just, this pro, you know, for newcomers, I just keep coming back. I told you it took me a year and a half to get abstinent, and it's been so imperfect, and, like, my sponsor has you know, taught, taught me that, like, obviously the food plan is different to the, you know, everything else. So that I, before I was counting my abstinence on the food being perfect, like the, you know, perfect breakfast, lunch and dinner. And that just, it's not the case. It's a spiritual program. And for me, I have to remember if I'm not doing the work in terms of the, you know, gratitudes and big book and going to meetings via service, I'm just on a diet plan because like my nutritionist who I work with, who took me, 10 years in program to have the willingness to give up the, you know, the food, the control of my food and get a plan from her. You know, she's giving me a plan. If I'm not doing the spiritual work, I'm just following her diet. And it's not about, about, is that time? Mm -hmm. It's about me being a service, growing. And I was all over the place. I hope I said something that, you know, helped somebody because I was speaking from the heart. So thank you so much for letting me be of service today.